Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast and thanks so much for tuning in. Celebration Church is one church in 10 locations across Southeast Louisiana. We are all about changing lives, homes, our city, and the world through Jesus Christ. We hope that you're both encouraged and challenged by today's message. Welcome to Celebration Online. You know, I've been told there are three types of people. There are those who think, there are those who think that they think, and then there are those who would rather fight than think. You probably know people in all three categories. We've probably all been in all three categories, but today we want to learn about the importance of really getting our thought life under control. Today's message as we continue our Transform series is titled Changing Our Lives by Changing Our Mind. Our theme verse in this series has been Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I want to read that verse again. You follow along as I read. The Apostle Paul writes, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Now that verse tells us lots of things, but one of the things it tells us is that God is more interested in changing our mind than he is in changing our circumstances. Now we all want our circumstances to be changed. We want things to become better in our lives. We, we want to get rid of all the problems and all the problem people and all the sickness and suffering and sadness and strife and all those kinds of things. But God says, I know all those things are important, but even more important is where you are internally. I, I want to focus on changing your mind because if I can change your mind, I can change the way that you think. I can change the way that you live. I can change the way that you operate in this world. In fact, there's no transformation until there's transformation of our mind. No transformation of our circumstances, our relationships, or anything else until there's transformation in our mind. Remember this truth we learned several weeks ago. We learned that the way we think determines the way we feel, and the way we feel determines the way that we act. So transformation begins in our mind, in our thought lives. So here's a question for us today as we begin this message. Why is it crucial that we learn how to manage our mind? Here's some Bible answers to that question. Number one, we need to learn how to manage our mind because our thoughts control our lives. In fact, every single action of our lives begins with a thought in our mind. If we don't think it, we don't do it. If we do think it, we do do it. Now, that's both good and bad. If we think good things, we're going to be doing good things. If we think bad things, we're going to be thinking, doing bad things. Our thoughts control what we do. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Be careful how you think, for your life is shaped by your thoughts. Also, we need to learn how to manage our mind because there's always a battle going on for our mind. Our mind is the battleground where temptations and trials come against us and where sin takes place in our lives. Whether we, Our mind is where we win or lose the battle. If we learn how to manage our mind, we learn how to manage our life, and we learn how to win the crucial battles of our life. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. He writes, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. But there's something else deep within me that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin within me. In my mind, I want to be God's servant, but instead I find myself enslaved to sin. Now, we can, all, uh, we can all identify with Paul's sentiments. We can all identify with what he wrote there. He's saying there's a battle going on in our brain. And by the way, for many of us, that battle is a 24-7 battle. It's a battle that's taking place all the time. No wonder we tend to be mentally and emotionally fatigued much of our lives because there's always a battle going on in our mind. And then we need to learn how to manage our mind because having a healthy mind is the key to peace and happiness in our lives. I'm telling you, if you learn what we're talking about today, if you learn 
learn these principles I want to teach you today, uh, it will, and you apply them to your life, your peace of mind in your life will go up, and your stress and your worry will go down. You'll find yourself living a more peace-filled, more joy-filled, more happy life because it all takes place in our mind. And here's what I've discovered. An unmanaged mind leads to tension, while a managed mind leads to tranquility. The unmanaged mind leads to pressure. While a managed mind leads to peace. An unmanaged mind leads to conflict and chaos. While a managed mind leads to confidence. An unmanaged mind leads to stress. But a, but a managed mind, a controlled mind, leads to strength and security and serenity in our lives. So we've got to learn how to manage our mind. The Bible says it like this in Romans 8, 6. Letting your sinful desires control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And so we got to learn how to manage our mind because our thoughts control our lives because there's a battle going on all the time in our mind and because having a healthy mind is the key to peace and victory in our lives. But here's the important question, the most important question we want to address today. What are some choices we need to make to have a healthy mind? I want to share with you three principles that if you will apply these principles to your life, it will help you get your mind right and will help you get your life and your circumstances and your relationship right as well. To begin with, to have a healthy mind, we must constantly feed our mind with daily truth. Now, we all know the importance of feeding our body the right things. We all know the importance of nutrition, good food and good calories. It causes us to be stronger and healthy physically. Uh, but if we take in bad calories and bad junk food, it causes us to have a junky attitude and a junky body. And it causes us to have a junky life as well. Well, the same is true in our thought life. We've got to put good things into our mind. Not junk food, not poison food, but good, th good things, the truth of God in our lives. Jesus said it like this. He said, you will know the truth in your mind and the truth will set you free. Uh, that reminds me that we need to put the best kind of information we can in our mind. And the best kind of information we can put in our mind, good and godly information, are the principles that come from God's word from the Bible. Jesus said it like this. He said, people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. Here's what that means. Every day, we got to spend time reading God's Word. On a regular basis, we got to spend time studying God's Word. we got to take the time to, to come together with other believers to hear God's Word. we got to be focusing our mind constantly on God's Word. It's, the Bible is soul food. It's the owner's manual for our lives. And the more we focus our mind on the truths and principles found in the Word of God, the healthier our mind and our lives will become. Now, when should we feed our mind on God's truth? Well, the answer is we should focus on feeding our mind with God's truth all the time, throughout the day, morning, noon, and night. In fact, if you feed your body physically three times a day, you ought to feed your mind three times a day with the pure principles that come from the Word of God. Now, they tell us the best, way to, the best way to eat and the best way to stay healthy is to eat a little bit of food a number of times during the day. I've heard people espouse eating food uh, eight times a day, just a little bit here, a little bit there, uh, little meals, no big meals, going a long time with, between eating, uh, but to eat constantly. You got to just nibble your way uh, through the day, eating the right kind of foods that keeps your uh, blood sugar level up, keeps things going well in your life, keeps your metabolism up. Well, the same is true with God's truth. If you're constantly thinking about God's truth. It's going to renew your mind. It's going to change your mind and change your life. 
Last week we learned about David. Let me tell you, give you some scriptures from David about how the word of God helped him. In Psalm 119, 147, David said, Arise early to cry out for help. Now that's prayer, right? It's an early to cry out for help. And to put my hope in your words. That's Bible reading and Bible study. David said, I start every morning praying to you and I start every morning uh, reading your word and meditating on your word. And then he said, when I do that, it brings hope to my life. Do you ever struggle with hopelessness or a feeling of helplessness? Do you feel overwhelmed by the circumstances of life? Do you feel sometimes discouraged and defeated? You need hope in your life, and hope comes from spending time in early in the morning and throughout the day reading God's Word. That's why at Celebration Church this year, we're encouraging our people to participate in our journey through the Bible emphasis. That's reading through the Bible in an entire year. Uh, you can find the information about that at celebrationchurch.org slash devotion because the more you focus your mind on the Word of God, the stronger and healthier you become in every part of your life. Here's a couple of other verses. Psalm 119, 97. David says, Lord, how I love your word. I think about it all day long. It says in Psalm 16, 7, even in the darkest of night, your teachings fill my mind. So David's saying it early in the morning, all throughout the day, and even late at night, he's thinking about God's word. He's meditating on God's word. Now, last week we learned about, again, this man named David. Uh, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. But you know, you may not know this. He spent a, a large part of his time uh, running from other people, hiding from other people. King Saul thought he was an enemy. He thought he was uh, uh, the, uh, the opposition to him. And so King Saul would send his troops after him. And David spent a lot of his time living in caves, hiding out, all those kinds of things, uh, knowing that any moment somebody could show up and try to kill him. Now, here's what uh, David wrote in Psalm 119, verse 95. He said, when wicked people hide to ambush and kill me, I quietly keep my mind on your decrees. I quietly keep my mind on your decrees. And let me tell you, if somebody was trying to kill you, what would you be doing? You'd be calling the police. You'd be uh, running away. You'd be moving to another state or moving to another country. Uh, but David says, I don't care what's going on in my life, morning, noon, and night. Even when people are trying to hurt me and harm me, I'm keeping my mind focused on the principles and practices found in God's Word because that brings us peace. That brings us sanity that helps us to live healthy, vibrant, and victorious lives. So here's the second thing, to have a healthy mind. We must daily feed our mind with divine truth, but then we must free our mind from destructive thoughts. I can't tell you how important it is, but we got to learn how to free our mind from destructive thoughts. Many people don't know this, but they are prisoners to the thoughts they have in their mind. If you live with anxiety, if you live with bitterness, if you live with a critical spirit, if you live with depression, if you live with fear, if you live with frustration, if you live with insecurity, all those kinds of things, it means that you are, you are actually a prisoner. You're, 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 you're taken advantage of by those things because of the things that you have in your mind. You see, what we oftentimes think about or what other people tell us uh, we believe and it causes us to act in negative ways. If somebody tells you you're clumsy, you may not be clumsy. You may be agile, but if somebody tells you you're clumsy, you'll probably start acting clumsy just because you've entertained that thought in your mind. If somebody tells you you're looking old, you'll probably start to think, well, I'm looking old, and you start feeling old. One time a wife said to her husband, she said, honey, I feel so old these days. I, I feel like my body is dissipating. I feel like my, I got a lot of wrinkles on my face. I feel like my hair is just a mess. And, and can you tell me something positive to encourage me? He said, well, honey, there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. Listen, he, he should have been better than that. Uh, he should have encouraged her because what we think in our minds determine how we live in our lives. There's actually three enemies that are constantly 
bombarding our minds with destructive thoughts to cause us to live defeated lives. Let me tell you quickly those three enemies. Our first enemy that feeds us destructive thoughts is our sinful nature. Paul writes about that again in Romans 7, 23. He writes, I see in my body a principle at war with the law of my mind, taking me captive to the law of sin that dwells inside of me. Let me ask you, do you ever find yourself doing things that you know you shouldn't do? Doing things that you really don't want to do? Or have you ever engaged in self-defeating behavior? Have you ever said, I know this isn't good for me, but, but, there's a lot, big but, oftentimes in our lives. What's happening when you start thinking like that? You're losing the battle in your brain. You say, I want to do right, but in the battle in your brain with your sin nature leads you to make bad choices. Let me tell you, your sin nature, uh, your flesh is not your friend. It is the source of your bad habits. Uh, Paul writes in Romans 8, 5, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit things that think about things that please the Spirit. And I can tell you, those who think about things that please the Spirit live vibrant and victorious lives. Our second enemy that feeds us destructive thoughts is the devil. The apostle Peter wrote, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in the devil? Do you believe there's a real devil? Somebody asked me, Pastor, do you believe in the, the devil with the uh, fork tail and the horns and the red suit? And I said, I don't know, but I don't believe in all of that. And the pitchfork, I don't believe in all that. But I know there's a real devil. One, because the Bible talks about him. Jesus talks about him because I've done business with him. One boy asked another boy one time, do you believe there's a real devil? He said, no, it's just like Santa Claus. It's your old man. Well, your old man may act like the devil, uh, but let me tell you, there's a real devil who's the adversary of God and man, and he's con con constantly bombarding our minds with ungodly thoughts or unhealthy thoughts in our lives. There used to be a comedian named Flip Wilson who would say, well, the devil made me do it. Well, I want to tell you, the devil can't make you do it. You've still got your will, and you've got the way, you've got the Holy Spirit to help you in your life, but He can definitely suggest to you things you could do or things you should do that will lead you away from God's Word, God's will for your life. And He'll bombard your mind with thoughts. So, sometimes they'll come from the television. Sometimes they'll come from other people. Have you ever been in that time of you're praying to the Lord, all of a sudden the weirdest thoughts come into your mind? You know why that is? That's the devil bombing your brain. He's placing unhealthy thoughts in your mind. So you got to be careful of the attack of the devil. Let me tell you something else. We, we have to constantly remind ourselves that we don't have to believe everything that we think. Often, oftentimes we think, well, I think it, so it must be true. Are you kidding me? There's a lot of things we think that's not true. There's a lot of things that we think that are crazy. Just because you get a thought in your mind, it may come from your old sin nature, it may come from the devil, it may come from a devilish person in your life. It, let me tell you, if it's, if it's not true, it's not true. You don't have to believe it. In fact, say that with me. I don't have to believe everything I think. We have to constantly remind ourselves that we don't have to believe everything we think in our mind. The third enemy that feeds us destructive thoughts is a system called the world. Now, the world is that system or culture around us that is opposed to God, to the Word of God, and to the will of God for our lives and for our world. It's promoted by advertisers. It's promoted by the movies. It's promoted by television shows. It's promoted by uh, songs. It's promoted by celebrities. It's certainly promoted oftentimes by government leaders. The Apostle John wrote about that uh, world system in 1 John 2.16. He wrote, wrote, the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. And all of these things are not from the Father, but from the world. I'm telling you, 
The world is constantly bombarding our minds with unhealthy thoughts so we will live unhealthy lives. So how do you fight this mental battle? Look at this next verse, uh, verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul writes, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish any argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, that verse tells us several things. It tells us, one, we develop strongholds by believing in the lies of the devil. A stronghold is a lie that we believe. A spiritual stronghold uh, can be any lie that we believe in our lives. The lie may be, God really doesn't love me or care about me, or God doesn't know what's best for my life. The lie might be, I should do what I want to do rather than what God wants me to do in my life because that will make me happier. Uh, the lie would be, a lie would be, I know what will make me happier uh, more than God knows what will make me happy. That's a stronghold. Anything I believe that's a lie is called a spiritual stronghold in our lives. Also, uh, embracing uh, value systems of the world can become a stronghold in our lives. When people embrace hedonism, which is a, an overt desire, for pleasure, or materialism, an overt desire for possessions, or, or humanism, an overt focus on oneself. We're, we're allowing a stronghold to come into our lives. And then when we allow negative thoughts to remain in our mind, in our lives, the devil uses them to develop strongholds in our lives. You know, the Bible says if you let the sun go down on your wrath, you get a place of the devil. You get the sun go down on your anger, you get a place of the devil. But that principle is true with lots of things. If you let the sun go down on your lust, you get a place of the devil. If you let the sun go down on your hurt, you get a place of the devil. If you let the sun go down on your depression, you get a place to the devil. If you let the sun go down on your greed, you get a place to the devil. The devil's always working against us to establish strongholds in our minds and strongholds in our lives. So how do we fight this mental battle against the devil? Notice Paul said, we take those thoughts captive. That means we surround them. That means we take them, we identify them, and we come toward them, and we surround them, and recognize them to be a negative thought for us, an ungodly thought for our lives. And then we says, it says we make every thought to obey Christ. We, we, we confront that negative thought, that ungodly thought, that unholy thought uh, with Christ's likeness, with the principles and practices that are found in the Word of God. Uh, you gotta, here's what I'm saying. You've got to learn how to make your mind mind. How do you make your mind mind you? You bring it into submission to Christ. You say, this is what Jesus thinks about this situation. This is what Jesus said about this situation. We make it obedient. Now, let me share a little confession here. My thoughts often distract me and my thoughts often disobey me. They often rebel against me. I don't know about you, but my mind has a mind of its own. It wants me to go in this direction or that direction. I mean, right before I was preaching this message, I was thinking about the kind of meal that I'm going to have today. You know, I was thinking about, do I want boiled crawfish? I live here in New Orleans. Or uh, do I want king cake? Or uh, do I want crawfish etouffee? Do I want a fried seafood platter? Now, you know what I'm doing right now? I'm messing with your mind. I'm making you think about things that you want or you desire. And that's how the devil does. He comes with all kinds of suggestions to lead us astray. My mind often rebels. When I need to ponder, my mind wants to wander. It doesn't always obey me. When I need to pray, my mind drifts away. He said we got to take those thoughts captive and submit them to Christ. Let me tell you, God didn't just give you a mind. He gave you a will and emotions. We're going to talk about emotions in a couple of weeks. And so you've got to bring those thoughts into captivity, compare them with what Christ says, and then reject them if they're not God's way, God's will for your life. The reason many people live defeated rather than victorious lives is because they've never learned how to fight the battle of the mind. Now, the devil really works on us with temptation. 
Let me explain to you how temptation works. James 1, 14 and 15 says, Temptation comes from the lure of our own evil desires. These evil desires lead to evil actions, and the evil actions lead to death. Now notice, it's a process there. It's not an isolated event. A lot of people tell me, well, Pastor, I just caught off guard, or I just made a mistake, or it was just a one-night stand, or it was this, or it was that. Let me tell you, that's not true. There are a lot of things you gave in to you before lowering the barrier and entering in that sin. Temptation is a process. And right here in James 1, the Bible tells us how it works. First of all, temptations often overcome us when we give in to our desires. Now, we all have desires in our life. Some of those desires are good, and some of those desires are not so good. Uh, and let me tell you, if you don't have a desire for something, it's never going to be a temptation for you in your life. I've never had a temptation. I've never had a desire to smoke cigarettes. I just don't like the smell. Now, I've smoked other things, but never cigarettes, and I just don't like the smell. And, and uh, I remember when we used to fly in airplanes, uh, they would have a smoking section, a non-smoking section. Sometimes I would get stuck back close to the smoking section and make it a, uh, uh, make it a not so good flight. I heard of a guy who used to carry a card with him on planes, and when a guy would light up next to him on the plane, he'd hand the card to him and said, I notice you smoke. I want you to know that I chew, and if you won't blow smoke on me, I won't spit on you. I thought about carrying such a card. I've never been tempted to smoke, but there are lots of things I've been tempted to do. There are lots of things you're tempted to do because we have these desires in our lives. Now, here's what happens. We have natural desires that are good. We have a desire for sleep or rest. We have a desire for food. We have a desire for water. We have a desire for sex. All those things are desires that God placed in our lives. These are God-given desires. Nothing wrong with them, but temptation comes along and it turns a routine, regular desire into a runaway desire. And that's when it becomes bad. It becomes, that desire becomes more important than anything else. It's all we can think about. Listen to me, any desire that gets out of control in our mind and our lives becomes destructive for our lives. Think about this. A fire in a fireplace can warm your body. Fire on a cooking stove can cook a great meal. But fire uncontrolled can burn down your house. If you don't take those desires under control, they'll burn down your life. One time a boy was sitting on a fence looking into an orange grove, thinking about those luscious oranges that were there. The owner of the orange grove drove up and asked him, young man, what are you doing? Are you trying to steal some of my oranges? And the boy said, no, sir, I'm trying not to steal some of your oranges. That's where we find ourselves oftentimes. We, uh, our desires will lead us into things. We got to remember, some desires are good for us, but when they become, uh, when they become most important to us, they become opportunities for temptation in our lives. Temptations also overcome us when we give in to doubts. And we all struggle at times with doubt. We doubt that God loves us, and we doubt that God knows what's best for us. Because when we get tempted, we say things like, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Is that really applied to me? We struggle with doubt. I mean, it happened in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says there was Adam and Eve. They were in a perfect garden, perfect relationship, perfect situation, close relationship with God. Think about how perfect it was. Uh, uh, they didn't have any kids. I mean, that's perfect there for a couple right then. And then Adam never had to hear from Eve about whom she could have married. Eve never had to hear from Adam about uh, how well his mother cooked. Perfect situation. But the devil showed up one day and asked him, did God really say that you, can, that you, can, you can't eat of some of the fruit of the trees of the garden? He, he was causing them to doubt God's word. Later on, when Eve said, yes, God said we can eat of all the fruit of the trees except for this one, because God said if we do, we'll die. The devil said, God, God didn't really mean that. He, did God really say that? He calls them to doubt God's word. Let me tell you, every time we give in to temptation, we are believing a lie. 
We think we know better. We're doubting that God knows what's best for us. We're doubting God's word, God's will for us. Uh, temptations also overcome us when we give into deception in our lives. And when the devil came to Eve, he said to her, you won't die if you eat this. Now, God had already said, you're going to eventually die if you eat this. But he said, you won't die. He was deceiving her. He was lying to her. Now, let me tell you, the devil's always lying to us. Have you ever heard any lies from the devil? Sometimes the devil tells us, that the Christian life is miserable and unhappy. By the way, he's helped in that lie by Christians who walk around with their chin dragging around, looking like they've been baptized in vinegar juice or something like that. Sometimes the devil tells us that we can't change. Others can change, but we can't change. Sometimes the devil tells us that we can't be forgiven for the things that we've done in our lives. And here's what I want to remind you. The devil is a liar. Don't listen to the deception, the lies of the devil. Some boys captured a dog one time, a stray dog, and they were trying to determine which boy would take the dog home. And they decided they'd have a contest and make up big lies. You know, boys can tell big lies, big whoppers. And whoever told the biggest lie could take the dog home. Well, the pastor walked by while the boys were telling their lies, and he was appalled by the lying they were doing. He said to the boys, he said, boys, I'm ashamed of you. He said, when I was your age, I would have never told a big lie like that. So they gave him the dog. Let me tell you, the, the, the devil is the biggest liar of all. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. We pray, fall prey to temptation by listening to and believing the lies of the devil or devilish people. And then temptations overcome us when we give in to disobedience. Now we move from desires. Here's something I want. Then we move to doubt. I doubt God's word and God's love for me. Then we fall prey to deception. We believe that uh, we believe the lie that Satan's telling us. It's going to be okay. We're going to get away with it. It's just this once. It's not that bad. And then we move to disobedience. That's sin, and then we move to defeat in our lives. Listen, you got to be so careful because the devil is reeling your in, your in. The Bible says he's luring you in, and he wants to flirt with us with all kinds of things and gets us to flirt back. Listen to me. When I flirt, I'll fall. Write that down somewhere. When you begin to flirt with something, that's when you begin to fall. That's when you begin to fail. You've got to learn how to fight back against temptation in your life. The best time to win the battle with temptation is before it begins in our mind, Psalm 119 verse 112 says, I have made up my mind to obey your laws forever, no matter what. And let me tell you, until you come to that point in your mind and in your life, you're going to always be failing. You're going to always be falling. You're always going to be messing up. You got to say, I made up my mind uh, to obey God's laws forever, no matter what. You got to make up your mind to do that. First, you got to feed your mind constantly on divine truths. Then you got to free your mind from destructive thoughts. And here's the third thing. To have a healthy mind, we must constantly focus our mind on the right things. Paul wrote these words in Philippians 4.8. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That verse reminds us that they live healthy lives and have healthy minds. We've got to focus on good and godly things all the time. Let me tell you three things quickly that will make a difference in your mental state. First of all, focus on the right things includes thinking about Jesus. You've got to keep your mind focused on Jesus. You've heard the cliche, you become what you think about the most. I used to think if that's true, I should have been a girl when I was a teenager because that's all I thought about all the time. 
You got to keep your mind, however, on godly things. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 8, keep your mind on Jesus Christ. If you keep your mind on Jesus Christ, you become more like Jesus in your attitude, your ambitions, your actions, etc. That's why it's important to get up every day and pray to the Lord. That's why it's important to read your Bible, which tells you about Jesus. That's why it's important to listen to Christian music on a regular basis. That's why it's important to hang out with people who are talking about Jesus. The more you focus on your mind on Jesus, the more you become like Jesus in your life. And then focusing on the right things includes thinking about others. Paul says in Philippians 2.4, don't just think about your own affairs, but be interested in others too and in what they are doing. The more you focus on Jesus, the more you focus on helping others, I'm telling you, the more Christ-like you will be in your mind, the stronger you will be in your life. And then focusing on the right things includes thinking about eternity. Remembering that life is not just about this life, it's about this life and the next life, which will last for all eternity. You know, the problem for most of us, and the reason we get into trouble, is we have short-term thinking. We only think about what's happening now, what we want now, what we desire now, how we feel now. But we got to learn how to think beyond the now to the future and beyond even this life to the next life. You know, in the, in the Mediterranean Sea, there's a place called the Straits of Gibraltar. It's where the Mediterranean Sea flows out into the Atlantic Ocean. And there's a big rock of Gibraltar right there in the Straits of Gibraltar. Many years ago, uh, people believed that the earth was flat. They believed that the edge of the world, the end of the world, was just, uh, just uh, west of the Straits of Gibraltar. Uh, there are catacombs in the giant rock of Gibraltar, and Roman soldiers would be in those catacombs, and they would, in those tunnels, and they sometimes would write these words in Latin, ne plus ultra, no more beyond. Then a man named Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean. They discovered there's a whole new world on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. And some of the Roman soldiers came back to the Rock of Gibraltar and scratched out the word nay and left up the words plus ultra. Now, no longer was there no more beyond, but there's much more beyond. I want to tell you, there's much more beyond this life. And you got to live not for this life. You've got to live for eternity. The Bible says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not only think about things here on earth. And it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. If you keep your mind focused on eternal things, it'll help you make the right choices in your life. Let me close with our verse again, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. It reminds us we need to feed our mind daily on God's truth, free our mind from destructive thoughts, and focus our mind on the right things, not the wrong things. And doing so will enable us to live vibrant and victorious lives. Ralph Waldo Emerson said it like this, So a thought, reap an act. So an act, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. It all begins in our powerful thought life. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your head with me today. I want to pray for you, and then I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, you gave us our minds. We're made in your image, and we have intellect. In fact, the greatest gift that we have is the intellect that you've given to us. We realize it's a great asset, and because it's a great asset, it's also a great battleground. Uh, there are enemies coming against us, the world, the flesh, and the devil, to, to thwart our best intentions and to keep us from your will and way for our lives. Lord, today we're praying that you would help us to protect our minds and focus our minds on your will, your way, for our lives. Now you pray with me. Pray God help me to put into practice what I've just learned. Help me to make these choices on a daily basis. I want to feed my mind with your truth all the time. 
I want to free my mind from destructive thoughts by taking every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Help me to be wise to temptation. Realize that when desires turn to doubt, doubt and to deception, it will lead to disobedience and defeat in my life. God, today I'm making up my mind to obey your word forever, no matter what. Help me to think about Jesus all the time. Help me to think about others and consider others all the time. Help me to think about eternity so that my mind and my emotions and my life can be truly transformed. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Again, thanks for listening to the Celebration Church Podcast.